from the fabled fiery forges of the sundered land of Arklash comes Confocast. Join us as we battle on the front lines of a continent lost in darkness at the time of Ragnarok. For we are here not for silence or slumber. We are here for confrontation. Jeremy, tell us, mate. Tell us what's been happening, mate. What's been going on with your uh, life? So I'm doing a lot of production stuff for um, confrontation, trying to make sure we've got enough um, uh, enough terrain for the events at AdeptCon. Um, I'm also doing the thing where I try to actually paint all of the miniatures that I need to have for the narrative event for AdeptCon, and that is not going as fast as I want to go. Um, and then as as we play test the scenarios, I'm like maybe that shouldn't be the model that we've got in this scenario. That's that kind of changes a lot of what's going on. So that's, it's, it's just keeping my head down and, and putting stuff together basically. Cool. 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 So we're talking about the Adepticon event. Yeah. And when, when exactly is Adepticon happening? Um, Adepticon is going to be March 23rd through the 26th in um, Schaumburg, Illinois, which is right outside of Chicago. Um, so we'll um, end of the world gaming, which is basically just me, but don't tell anybody, um, <laughs> is going to be hosting um, an event on Friday and uh, another event on Saturday. Um, the event on Friday is going to be an eight-player narrative event. Um, basically, all of the all of the miniatures, all of the cards are going to be provided, and it is going to be five never-before-seen scenarios, um, which I'm trying to make reasonably balanced. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be anything where it's like, okay, uh, this side consists of three goblins, and then the other side is seven wargs. Go. Um, so it, it shouldn't be anything that bad. But yeah. there are, like I said, there, there's some stuff where it's like points aren't just points. So there's tweaking going on with that. Good. I like uh, that. And then Saturday is, is the big event. Um, that is going to be a 16-player tournament. Um, um, air quotes around tournament. Um, I don't, I, I want people to play and I want people to play seriously, but I don't want people coming in thinking that this is going to show as the biggest confrontation dick in the universe. <laughs> All right. So um, the thing was, I, I, I want, I want people to play confrontation on Saturday. Um, I'm not looking to have people relitigate what was the most broken power lists at the end of the confrontation life cycle but i want people to play and um because this is this is like the first time in a long time that there's been an event at a you know this is the first time in a long time that there's been an event where we're kind of like inviting in you know randos and we're we're trying to provide information i I'm aiming to make it as friendly to new players as possible. Um, and we'll see if that works out. Um, I mean, if it doesn't and everybody has a terrible time, well, then there's no need to run 2024, I suppose. I hope that won't be the case because I'd love to come, mate, at some point and, and, and join in with this all this all this, uh, this this fun activities with confrontation. I've never been to a tournament before, but even a narrative event sounds very appealing to me. Um, I'm All right, so the narrative event, 
I'm enthusiastic about the narrative event. Um, in, in a lot of ways, it's kind of going to be the thing that comes the closest to me actually getting to play events at Adepticon because all of the scenarios are going to be things that I designed. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting feedback from, from a couple of people. Um, so it's, it's not just, this isn't just all Jeremy, just, you know, um, so there are, there are some people who are providing some really solid feedback and pointing out things that I have completely missed because when you operate, you know, as one person, you have a lot of blind spots that you don't recognize that you have. So thank you to all of the people, um, who have taken the time to read the madness that I have sent out as scenarios and say, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's going to work out the way you want it to because that has been super helpful. Um, and thank you to John and Jordan for putting up with. Hold on, let's rewind this game and let's see what happens if this happens. And you know, just kind of recrunching the math and you know, relitigating some of the way the turns go um, to show that maybe how I think stuff is going to work out isn't you know, isn't quite there because how things work in my mind and how things work on the table might not be 100% the same way. So I really appreciate everybody taking the time to, you know, to look over the stuff and say, here are our concerns, please address them. Awesome. And uh, it's a shame that we can't see those games that you and John and Jordan been playing because I did pest you before to say, hey, where Jeremy, where's all the battle reports? Where, where are they coming? <laughs> yeah, I mean... It's some of it is real life. Some of it is, you know, just like I said, we're, we're working on the stuff, trying to get um, everything ready to go for Adepticon. I, all right. So I'm going to be totally honest. This is the first time that I have been uh, this profoundly involved in running this type of event. Um, I have, I have been a body for companies at conventions before setting up tables. Um, I've DM'd individual tables at conventions for, you know, for Dungeons and Dragons, for, for GMing stuff. But this is from, from soup to nuts, this mess is going to be mine. Um, so if it turns out well, um, thank you to all of the people who helped me. If it turns out badly, I am the only one who gets blamed for it. And that's fine. Um, I wanted there to be a confrontation event at Adepticon. So, you know, um, be the change that you want to see in the world. Now, would this be the very first time that confrontation is represented at Adepticon, or is it um, was it represented before? I don't know how I don't know how long Adepticon's been running for. Adepticon has been running for twenty goddamn years, which makes me feel old as hell, um, because I was at the first Adepticon. Actually, I was at the first couple of Adepticons, and this isn't this isn't to like you know show off my my amazing gamer bona fides. Um, I, I played the first couple of Adepticons and then I like wandered off for several years. And then, uh, at one point it was like, huh, Adepticon is literally right down the street from me and they're hosting War Machine events. I guess I'm going to Adepticon this year. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Um, the guys who put together Adepticon, it is, it is a labor of love, um, Adeptus Windy City. I don't know if anybody out there listening from you guys is going to hear this, but seriously, thank you for an amazing show for 20 years. Um, I was I was there when you guys I was there when you guys first launched, and you were uh, part of the Ides of March convention. Um, so 
good for you guys. But yeah, it sounds like a really exciting event. Now you've got some people who've already put a put their names down and pay, paid their money. Is it is it a free event or do you get to pay in, in advance, mate? Well, how's that work? Okay, so Adepticon is um, it runs on kind of a um, the the standard convention model in the U.S., which is you're going to pay for um, your admission badge and then you're going to pay for individual event slots. Um, there are there are some conventions that it's just pay for admission and then you can get into events. Um, unfortunately, Adepticon, like Gen Con, like Origins, um, like PAX, I think, um, and those are those are three pretty big gaming conventions. Um, it is like I said, Dorfy and um, individual events. Okay, cool. All right. So if people want to come along and attend either the tournament or the narrative event, how would they do that? Um, so they're going to go to adepticon.org. Um, they can buy a badge and then they can um, get slots for the events. Um, as of right now, um, today being the 21st of January, um, there is one slot left in the narrative event and there are nine slots left in the tournament event. Um, I have a friend who said that he's gonna that he's gonna pick up a spot in the tournament? So there may only be eight spots left in the tournament. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how waitlisting is gonna work. Um, and I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be completely honest. Um, for the narrative event, that is gonna be hard capped at eight people. Um, I would love to have more people show up. I. I cannot. Um, due to the nature of the narrative event and due to the nature that I'm providing all of the miniatures and all of the miniatures will be fully painted. I can't go above the eight player cap on that one. Um, if nothing else, people can come by and be like, oh my God, people still play this game. And then people can come by and be like, Patterson, you got that rule wrong. And be like, you got me. Um, so, I mean, if, if nothing else, come by to make fun of me. And don't roll ones. Um, Most oh, no, important. no, no, no. I, <laughs> by all means, roll as many ones as you want. <laughs> So that I can feel bad for somebody else, uh, <laughs> as as opposed to it just being me. Uh, but um, now the narrative event is run on one day, and the tournament is run on the second day. Is that correct? That is correct. The narrative event is going to be on Friday. The tournament is going to be on Saturday. Right. Okay. Cool. Now, now, just so that people know uh, exactly what edition they're going to be playing, is this three point five confrontation rules? It Yes, this is this is going to be 3.5, so it will be using um, the the big you know the big black book as well as the uh, 3.5 update. Um, off the top of my head, I can't spit out a website where those guys are going to be that you can find them immediately. But I know the Confrontation Wiki has them, but I don't know the Wiki's website address off the top of my head. Um, I mean, we could we could do some excellent podcasting and just you know record me while I look through Google for the confrontation Wikipedia, or I mean we could just fix this in post and just be like, boom, exactly. yeah. there's the website. <laughs> now I'll leave it. I'll leave it in the links, mate, uh, for the wiki for confrontation. Now also the the tournament. How many points is that per side? Uh, the tournament is going to be 400 AP, which wow. is going to be um, the standard, uh, which is the standard size event for Confrontation 3.5. Um, we are going to be using the UK Cord 2009 packet. Um, I mean, that that was the last, as I understand it, extant, fully Rackham-supported um, Confrontation rule set. 
Uh, there are people who are like, Jeremy, you're wrong. That wasn't the last, or that was two years after the fact. Uh, the difficulty that I'm facing now is that um, it's it's kind of what I've committed to. So that that is, you know, I have lashed myself to the wheel a la Ulysses and headed straight for the rocks. Let's do this. Good on you, buddy. And, um, and is it like a three-round event for the tournament? No, it is. Um, so it is a four round event, uh, or all right. So it's going to be a Swiss style event. Um, and the maximum number of rounds will be four rounds. Um, so, uh, I mean, you guys, you guys know how Swiss tournaments work. I don't need to explain that. Do I, um, if, if there are fewer than 60, if, if, all right. So if nobody else signs up between now and the date of the tournament, it will be a three-round event because we do not have enough people to sustain a four-round event because of how Swiss pairings work. So um, round one, we'll have eight winners. Um, round two will be the eight winners playing against each other, which will then give us four winners. Round three, four goes to two. Round, uh, round four, which will be the final round, will go two down to one. So the person who then wins that round will be the overall tournament winner. Um, of course, UK Cord um, does have tiebreakers and stuff. So win-loss is going to be the primary determiner of, you know, it, it's going to be win-loss, strength of schedule, um, other stuff, you know, points, blah, blah, blah. So, but there will definitely be somebody who wins, hopefully. Right. Okay. Um, and is there, is there a painting award on the day? Like, that they get judged best painted or best sportsmanship? Um. So I... <sighs> Soft scores for tournaments drive me crazy, um, <laughs> because I'm I'm an asshole. Um, I, I I never no 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 no. All right, I don't like soft scores for tournaments because uh, at a tournament I feel like the thing the thing that should be the determiner of who wins should be who won. Um, I, I feel like there's a lot of system gaming for certain soft scores where. Um, People who are more gregarious, who are more outgoing, get scored better for sportsmanship versus somebody who might be, you know, um, not as outgoing. Um, and I don't think that that's necessarily fair because if if you have somebody who, all right, let me let me let me go ahead and use the Twitter language. If you have somebody who's neurodivergent and they've come out to play, but they're not like super friendly and super bubbly, if they get dinged on sportsmanship because they're not as, you know, cheerful and outgoing as somebody who's like, hey, what's going on? I brought six packs for everybody. Is that especially <laughs> fair? Is that kind of, that's okay. the kind of guy I want to play with, actually. Yeah, six packs sounds good. I, hey, look, all right. I'm not, <clears throat> I am not here to judge people on, <laughs> on the, their, their quality of, um, their, their quality as an opponent. I'm here to judge people on, <laughs> how they play the game. Sure, um, that's fair enough. That's fair And that's, that's, just, that's just a me thing. Um, and I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be a jerk about that. Um, I enough. also, yeah. I want, uh, everybody has to be painted for Adepticon. That is an Adepticon rule. That's not an end of the world gaming rule. That was going to be um, my next question. <laughs> but as far as painting yeah. scores go, I appreciate good painting, but I recognize that, I, I recognize that it, it is a skill that you have to develop and what somebody, what somebody who does painting wise, um, who's not a very good painter, but they're painting enthusiastically, 
that may be the absolute letter best that they can do. But again, to, to judge them and be like, all right, so um, you, you were great. You were great sport and uh, you won all your games, but your painting looks like butt. So instead of getting first place, you get fourth place. Suck it. Don't come back to my event. I can't, I cannot do that as an EO. And, you know, maybe, maybe that's just my, my years and years of playing War Machine there. I think there is definitely a place for, um, for painting awards in miniatures events. I don't think that it, all right, so for this event, it's not going to factor into the overall first place person. First place will be determined by who wins the most games. Right. Um, are there, are there things, you know, are, are, are there things that may be um, unofficial awards that get handed out? Maybe. Um, hmm. But I would I would love to be in a situation where I'm like, okay, uh, so for best opponent, we've got a 16-way tie. You guys are all a bunch of wonderful people, and thanks for coming out. That would be amazing. That mm. would be super great. I've never seen that happen in an event ever <laughs> because everybody showing up for an event is gonna have their own stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't I you know. I don't want to penalize somebody who, you know, God forbid they got fired last Friday and they're like, all right, so I'm already paid for a DEF CON, so I'm going to show up. Uh, I have no idea what I'm doing come next Monday, but let's get out. Penalizing them for not being cheerful and not being gregarious. No, that's fair enough. I understand, mate. That's, that's okay. Now, uh, are you are you being sponsored by anybody for prizes and that kind of thing? Like who who like the, the lucky person, the lucky bastard who wins the tournament? What are they going to win? Um, a firm handshake and a congratulations. <laughs> you no, um, bastard. <laughs> yes, cheap. That all right? So, um, they're. All right, so I, I don't I don't want to say that there's going to be like massive prize support. Um, I have reached out to some of the, to some of the aftermarket confrontation um, mm. producers, um, and I'm not going to name names until you know until the day of, um, and said, hey guys, you know I'm doing this. Uh, if you guys want to provide prize support, that'd be great. Um, but this is this is entirely out of my pocket. Um, so all of the terrain. All of the all of the mats, all of the miniatures that are going to be used. That's all. That's all coming out of my pocket. I am not going to see a dime from Adepticon, and this isn't this isn't me rattling the tin cup. This isn't me begging for money. I none of that. This is this is a thing that I undertook knowing what it is. All right, but being that you know, end of the world gaming is just one bald knucklehead and his cats you know making making video battle reports um no nobody's 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 going to be leaving adepticon with a you know with a ten thousand dollar solid gold statue for first place um so if that was what you were coming out for just go we, ahead and yeah, hit refund want, we in the, the web we card. The golden plated jeremy statue that's that's the that's that should be the um the uh the golden crown you walk out with mate as a winning champion of the confrontation uh tournament adepticon 2023 um I do believe that um, I do believe that Adepticon is actually going to be providing first, second, and third place medals. Um, oh. That is why the tournament is twenty five dollars as opposed to the narrative uh -huh. event, which is ten dollars. Cool. Um, so 
I mean, I can I can go and get you a second place medal and show you how ridiculous they are because they're actually they are actually pretty cool. Oh wow, that is but really yeah, impressive. So, isn't it? Yeah, this is um, this is a tournament uh, medallion that was provided right. by Adepticon um, last year um, for an event that uh, Jordan and I took second place in. So, oh, cool! That's um, great, man. That's awesome. That that is that is kind of more or less the um, the design. For them um it varies from year to year but so yeah um first second and third should probably be getting one of those mm. um and that's it but awesome. yeah i mean um again i don't i don't want that to be what people are hung up on i want people to no, come no, out and play no, um, no that's fine no, I'm, yeah i'm just joking with you mate but yeah but is, is john and jordan coming out for, to play um so jordan is coming out um jordan is gonna be helping me on friday um which is uh much appreciated um and then he is actually going to be taking uh ophidians into the event on saturday so you know uh there will be snake mans um nice 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 uh, the one big thing yep is um uh, we've, we've got a couple of judges lined up and um nobody is going to know what the scenarios are in advance um basically until until day of i mean mm. they're in here but so nobody's going to be able to tech for what to build or what to do. So cool. test test against all of the scenarios in the packet. That's all nice. I can say. Brilliant. Uh, all right. Hold on. Hold on. Hmm. Don't test Battle of the Chieftains because that scenario is hot garbage. And I would not do that to any of you. Um, and this isn't this isn't like a this isn't like an amazing troll where it would be like, oh, round four, Battle of the Chieftains. No, it's it, Battle of the Chieftains is not going to be in the mix because that scenario is terrible. Next question. <laughs> have, it, have it for newbies, like you know, guys who just, you know, sort of new to the confrontation hobby, much like your recent uh, guest on your YouTube channel. Uh, what's the gentleman's name again? Is it um... Nathaniel? Nathaniel, that's it. Yeah. Is he coming yeah. along? Um, I believe that he is going to be. Um, I believe that right. he's going to be out for that. Um, I am going to have. So there. All right, there's going to be eight tournament tables, and mm. I'm going to try to have four free play slash open play tables set up. Um, you know, that's that's kind of a knock wood. I don't think that they're going to have us crammed in butts to nuts, um, but it's going to be dependent on how much space I have available. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I am going to have um, I am going to have some extra space set up, and uh, Kyle from Temple of the West mm. maybe maybe running some some demos for us so yeah you know that is that is a thing yep no, that's um, and you know yeah. if if he can do that that is going to be absolutely super great and i i would love to see it um because the stuff that he's been putting out is absolutely amazing yep that's no, been outstanding mate so yeah i've heard i've heard whispers of that happening a little demo table of him running uh, not full games, but just sort of parts of the game that he's developing at the moment for con Confrontation Continuum. So that sounds very, very exciting, as well as the tournament. So hopefully this will grow and expand and, um, you know, become more popular as time uh, goes on there for you, Jeremy. So thanks very much again, mate, for coming in and talk to us about it. And uh, all the very best for you, mate, and I and, uh, hope it's going to be very successful for you. So do I. Um, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, mate, it'd be brilliant. That'd be good. I wish I could get out there, but obviously, you know, my numbers didn't come up in the lotto. So 
I can't say that I'll be putting my place down and booking my booking my seat on the plane. Unfortunately, let's let's see. Let's wait until next week, mate, and see what happens. All right. But uh, if I'm coming, if I'm coming, I'm taking Tina Bohr. Guaranteed last place. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> not not last place. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I you know if if nothing else if nothing else the dwarves will make it difficult for for certain armies just by virtue of how long they how long they stay in so that's true that's true all right buddy well thanks again for coming in to, and to talk to us about it and um, if people want to register and come along to the event i'll leave uh, links in the show notes uh, to get to adepticon's website so they can book their place and uh, come and see you and the guys there and have some fun on the day all right sounds like a plan Okay, so welcome to Conference Cast. This is Josh here, your host, and I'm joined with Gubelto from the from Italy. Hey, Gubelto, how are Hello. you? Hi, Josh. I'm pretty good, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, so uh, I'm pretty good. Uh, pretty excited to be in the podcast today with you and just share some of the latest about the Conferencian app for sure. Right, yeah, because I asked you one because you had uh, some sad news to share with the community for the Confrontation app. Uh, this is the Confrontation Club app, I should say, uh, that's yeah. been available now for is it about two years now, mate, or is it a year and a half? Uh, I think two years. We hit two the two years. years mark, probably more. Yeah, so it's been around for a while now. Okay, and I remember I had you on on my channel, YouTube channel, to talk about it, and we showed some video live streaming of yeah. the actual app in its infancy before it actually was released, and everyone was really excited about it. And, of course, it's been out now, and many, like you, as you say, like over a 1,000 people have downloaded it and using it on their um, iOS uh, or Android devices. And Yeah, so... Yeah, people, please people, go. On. People are enjoying it and they're using it, hopefully, hopefully for their games or just building lists or just having fun tinkering around with it and that kind of thing and giving their feedback. So, mate, how how's it been going this last couple of years? Yeah, so I can speak a bit more about that. So, initially, we saw a lot of interest and buzz and people willing to, you know, contribute to the app. Um, and what uh, Alessandra and I set up to do was trying to use the app as a mean to revive this game that we love. Uh, we believe that we wanted to create the best way for people to get to know Confrontation and hopefully encourage more and more players that have never played that to, um, to build armies, get to know the game and try it out with their friends. Now, of course, the Confrontation is a very niche and small community, as many old games have, of super, super passionate and appreciative people. And it took us two years to actually build the, you know, the first version of the app. And um, we, we absolutely crafted it because we wanted to be very proud about the quality of the app. We made it work on tablet, on landscape, but like make it, because again, the intent was to for it to be available to as many people as possible. And so 
we make an effort to choose the right framework so that it's on Android, iOS, and every possible uh, device. So it runs on many devices, uh, low end, high end, and we've spent some time crafting it and optimizing it. And we uh, set out, initially we had a lot more ideas around, you know, maybe we'll use it also to manage collections and we've done some exploration there. Uh, but ultimately we set to just show the, the rules and the games and show what are the factions and then make an army builder. I'm fully aware, like the community was super excited. Um, everybody would love to have expand on it and have the ability to also add the sub-factions. So that's another thing that is extremely complex to do because there's a lot of rules that are extremely specific for use case and it's it's beyond what the actual engine of the app is capable of doing at the moment. Um, and then initially, just to set also some more background, because we know that the community is extremely scattered and you have people playing the 3.0, people playing 3.5, people playing Confrontation 5 of Evolution, which is the Italian version of it. Um, Confederation, of course, have their own version of the rules. <clears throat> We decided to launch with the 3.5, which is the latest version that Rackham's officially supported. And we added some um, limitation, which are not enforced. The app kind of checked that you are around the 400 points mark. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of rules that are enforced, such as having a characters and stuff like that. Because we believe that we want to give people the freedom to actually, if you want to make a 700 points army, yeah, you're going to have an alert, but no one's going to stop you to do that. Yeah. <laughs> or if you want to have a 100-point game, you can do that too. Mm. And so after having launched, many people was very excited. We have, at some point, I believe, 10 subscribers. Uh, 12, I think at, at peak, we had 12 subscribers, which net to 1% of the people that actually use the app. So over the world, uh, an official number that we have is 1,100 37 people have an account and of this let's say we have thousand uh, user that created army so this is roughly um you know when we had 10 donor it was one percent of people contributed to keep the app free for everybody and we really want to double down on this work to be able to actually showcase this game to everybody through partnering, um, through maybe do advertising um, for the app or advertising for the game. Um, but never, we never expect it to be something for, um, you know, as a source of revenue. In fact, you know, we're both professional developer and designers and we we didn't expect, <laughs> we know that it's, it's a hobby that we do for love. We, and we spend a lot of time crafting this app uh, because also we take pride in our work and we want to make something that people love and get to present the game at the best uh, that we can. So right now, uh, Josh, we're in a little bit of problem as I posted on Facebook and Discord where we just, we, over time, <clears throat> people uh, that were subscribing to the app have actually dropped their support and that's very understandable. We've been through pandemic everyone has such a hard time. Um, some people have lost their job. So we totally, first and foremost, just, we don't bear a grudge with anybody. We feel like 
the people that have contributed, like we want to thank them. I think the community is stronger because of the people that contributed to, to the app. And we hope that we reach as many people as possible. But long story short, right now, because the app has ongoing costs of maintenance, this um, mostly is like the domain, the hosting, the SSL uh, certificate, um, keeping up with update, uh, keeping up to the app, uh, using our uh, two developer licenses, et cetera, et cetera, and that are made specifically <clears throat> for the app, it's it's costly. And uh, right at the moment, we only are left with three supporters. And this equates to roughly £10 a month, uh, like something around £10 a month. But it's definitely not enough to sustain the cost, all the costs that they have as over the year, over the span of a year. Um, so there's a high risk. We are at risk right now to actually dry the funds of the app that we have accrued over the years, the two years of donations. And should that happen, it means that probably people will not be able to create more armies and uh, use the service that allow them to log into the app. So basically what will happen, that's very likely to happen, is that we won't be able to actually uh, pay for the services that allow people to log in, even though it's a small amount, you know, it's like you have to have the balance to pay that, otherwise it will stop working. And this means that people will not be able to find their armies alongside their account because the service we use can store the army that you create in your app in an external database that link them to your account. And so every time you open the app, it checks that the person that's logged in is a certain person and then populates the army into the app. Um, so that's where we're at the moment. And I feel uh, um, I feel grateful for everybody that has donated so far and extremely proud that so many people are using the app. I take pride in the fact that it started as a very small app and now we have a thousand people using it. That's absolutely, I think, <clears throat> a success uh, for me personally and for Ali. Um, but I also want to acknowledge that we wanted to do so much more and due to life circumstances and family circumstances, we weren't actually able to keep the app up to date as much as we wanted or make enough changes that we, as we wanted to. Excuse me. So that's a bit of a... Um, sorry, let me mute. <laughs> uh, that's a bit of a problem um, right now where if the app actually... Yeah, if, if we don't get enough supporters, then uh, we are unlikely to... I won't say we will shut down the app, um, but you know we have to find like either uh, Al and I will have to pay pay for the app ourselves, which is um, of course not desirable. And I'm not gonna say it's out of the question because I still love this hobby and I love that people um, are learning about confrontation and are making friendship through confrontation. It means a lot to me, and. But at the same time, I feel a bit frustrated. You know, I have to be honest um, on the fact that, that I was hoping that, you know, maybe more than 1% of the people that actually use it 
will be happy to chip in and donate. Of course, there are plenty of people that have done one-off donations, but for us, uh, subscribers are really important because that's what ultimately allow us to make more. Let's say, you know, one good question that I always try to ask myself, well, if I have hundred of people donating and, you know, it's almost like a salary, what, what will they do with, with that money? You know, because the service is such small amount of money, but let's say that tomorrow, lots of people donate. I personally will want to invest, you know, maybe I can pay an external developer to help us build the next exo feature, or I can even spend some money in advertising to promote the app to people that maybe don't ever consider that confrontation is a game that they may play. Because what I'm finding is that, you know, the player, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a very niche game, skirmish. Um, the people, it's hard to get the miniature. So you really uh, getting to the people, getting the game to the people I feel is the hardest part, uh, which is why I'm grateful of all this. Um, people that are like yourself are investing in content, which allow people to discover the game. Uh, sorry, I've been speaking a lot. <laughs> no, no, man, it's good. That's good. Yeah. good Don't worry. You're doing a great yeah. job. I think, yeah, it's, it'd be a really sad day when the Confrontation Club app is finally put to rest uh, without the support of the community. So this is basically, I've asked you on just to remind people that if they're using it, they're enjoying it, and they don't want to see it disappear or they don't want to see those aspects of the, you know, saving their armies on their app and that kind of thing go away, please, you know, be mindful of that, you know, just make a one-off contribution, make make a day, a monthly, is it $3, $3.50 donation or something like that to become a supporter yeah, something like that. each month. Um, and then you'll sort of, you know, you've got, uh, you know, basically you have an app that you can be using for the long term, you know, in, in the future years, and you could share that with other people that you might come across who want to play who are interested in confrontation and get them to use the app and, you know, extend it that way in your gaming communities and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah I, I really hope that you do get the support, mate, you need, that you, you yeah. guys can fund it um sufficiently that you don't have to put any of your own personal funds in there because i mean you know i'm not a i'm not a tech guy i i, I can just look at that app and just think wow that must have just taken so long like he said two years to develop it the amount of time yeah. you put into it and then getting all the feedback from the community to say okay well maybe this is you know this is worded wrong or there's a, a typo here or you know there's yeah. some misinformation on this card and then you've gone back in and, and done all these updates It'd be a real shame to see that it all go away. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 yeah, it will be really, really a shame. And I want to be very, I think one thing that I, I don't want to do, and I think I will never do, is actually make the app paid for, which I think it really, truly defeat the spirit for which we've invested the time to make the yeah. app, you know. Yeah. The spirit was, let's make this available for everybody. If I make it paid for, you know, what does that tell about what we're trying to accomplish. So I, I really think that would be the wrong way to go about this and say, hey, you know, if people are not finding it out of goodwill, then I'm going to make it paid for. I think it just defeats the purpose of the app. And I think if presented with the dilemma, well, should I, you know, pay for the app myself? Should I make it paid for or should I shut it down? Then, you know, I, I, I'm more leaning towards the option of actually 
you know, uh, I'll I'll pursue it. I will continue this way, but never, I, I would never ever want it to be a paid for service. I think it truly defeats the purpose of what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah, cool. um, yeah no, so, so, and I'm very open about that. It's always been this way. Um, and I think, you know, we've built it with very solid, you know, the two year investment to develop this. It's like, first of all, you know, it's not our full-time job. We have full-time jobs. So, you know, the nights spent on it when it was on holiday, when it was when I was taking uh, time to do this, et cetera, et cetera. These are never coming back in our memory. Actually, weirdly, I I cherish, you know, it's like it's a very special moment when we saw the first version of the app going out. I'm very proud of that. And I think, you know, we build it from the ground up with, in a way that it will be there are ways to extend so that we support multiple rule set. There are ways to extend it so that, <clears throat> for example, could support 3.0 and 3.5 in the same app because um, we can load multiple databases. And we've made a whole backend system that allow us to change the points without changing the app. Uh, and then also the same system that we built power the website. So every time, for example, let's say I update the app starts because people find out oh, there's a typo here, there's a bug here, there's Disney's changes, etc. That also goes and populate and build the website confrontation.club. Uh, so I don't have to do two change at once. We built a good architecture around it because, as I said, we really wanted to make something cutting edge that we are also technically proud of, which we are. <laughs> it's just that, um, yeah, I guess... <clears throat> In order for this to work, we we definitely would need more people uh, to support, you know. And I, without the people that support this, there's not much we can do uh, to keep this going. To be honest, and also the motivation, it's you know, uh, start to kind of shiver a bit. You know, the motivation to keep going, to make new features, to make new things. People have, as you rightfully said, you know, people have been very demanding on, you know, feeling very strongly we want this feature or that feature or, and I always said, hey, I put it in the backlog. And I think right now, if I look at the app backlog, I think it does like 120 bug fixes and changes. Mm. Hopefully over time, it will normalize, right? It will go lower and lower at the point where people don't find any more mistakes in point and bugs and typo and stuff like that. And now we can truly focus on and and because the database is finite, we you know once it's fixed, it's fixed. But that's a cool thing because no one actually has a perfect and complete database of confrontation. And what we can do and can achieve with the community is to actually, with the help of the community reporting these bugs and stuff like that, is to have a perfect database that have all the cards and that's published in the app and on the website. Um, and the the app builder is, I think, just um, you know, it gives a lot of information. But also, if you look at it, we take a lot of deliberate decision into how to make it really simple for people that don't know about the game. Um, it's intentional that you know the cards are available to mages and and spellcaster in general only the one that they can use. You know, you don't have to read through two, three books and a million of different cards. You only have what's available. And fair enough, sometimes we miss, okay, oh, you missed this spell for this model. That's okay. We can always fix that. Mm. 
But what's important for us is that if you have to tell a friend, hey, like pick up a faction, do you, what's the faction you love? And then give them the option that they have to play. You know, it should be really simple and streamlined. And we really tried our hardest to make that first time creation as simple as possible. Despite confrontation, confrontation being actually one of the most multi-layered and complex skirmish game, you know, you can have a theory of different spell and, you know, maybe there are artifacts that, you know, not all artifacts are just for heroes. Artifacts can also for troops. So it's like, there's so much rules that are actually um, special case that require special handling. And so there's a lot of special case handling too, which is extremely time consuming when you, when you want to do, you know, a system that makes and compile an army builder. So yeah, I think from our end, um, it's a very exciting project. I wish we can spend more time there. Unfortunately, as I said, uh, we both had um, unfortunate life event that pulled us away of spending time, nights mostly, uh, to improve the app. But I still think that the, as it is, it's an extremely valuable service. And I like to think that we've built the best way for people to get to no confrontation. So I hope we can keep this up with the community help. Yep, good. I really hope so too. So if people are interested in supporting you and the application and keeping it alive, um, please head over to the Confrontation Club website. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And then you can click on to become a supporter and follow the links there to either give a um, the guys either a one-off payment or become a regular subscriber and support them that way. So, Gilberto, thank you very much for coming on to the Confrocast podcast, and uh, I wish you all the best. Thank you very much. Wish you all the best too, and speak to you soon. And one last question. Gilberto, last time we spoke, yeah. you, you you had your Tenebor army, and your, that's your favorite faction, as your username yes. is Kalzarak on the uh, Discord. Uh, yeah. How many how many Tenebor models have you painted since we last spoke about two years ago? Painted. I would say I'm pretty bad at painting, so I would say four, maybe. I'm not a paint. I'm more of a collector kind of person. I have actually the whole like unpainted. I can see them on the shelf there, man. Yeah. And um, I actually, you know, funny story. And then I'll close it. I I wanted to find like a. I want eventually one of my child dreams was to have it professionally painted by someone you know, known or renewed. And I've contacted a um, Lucas Miniatures from uh, Squidmar Games. Oh, yeah. If, to see if he was available for commission and paint a army, but it, you know, it's like a whole army is too much. Even at this, like, I want to have it display level. It's <laughs> just mm. insane. But I, I, I love the idea of having it painted by someone that, can go above and beyond, you know, what I am capable of. <laughs> so I I enjoy painting, but I also love a good have a good piece of art uh, in display. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, he couldn't make it because you know doing model at display level it's extremely time consuming and it's super busy. So if anybody is a painter and you know <laughs> amazing model. Hit me up on the email of Confrontation Club or on the Discord channel of the Confrontation Club. I'm more than happy to, you know, <laughs> hear your proposal. Um, I'll send you a quote. I'll tell you I'll what. You a quote. I, you're, sitting, you're sitting down, so that's good. That's good. You're sitting down, yeah. so that's probably a good thing. <laughs> one, 
one thing I I I, I did though, I bought an entire Midnor army, which is oh, still me in too. a very good. Yeah. Oh, you too. Amazing. Too. Amazing. Yeah. I love Midnor. So, so, yeah, so beautiful. Such beautiful, interesting models. Yep. You know, the, the app has certainly helped me in in like rediscovering my you know, interest in confrontation and then having obviously Paul here to play with, it's sort of rekindled our kind of interest in getting more armies, getting more profiles, you know, using the app a lot more and actually playing the game, which is the, probably the main, the main aim of what we're doing, you know, actually playing it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. Been great, so that's really good. I'm really glad that you, you've, um, you've got your mid-door army now. So you've got more unpainted models. Yeah. That's excellent. <laughs> yeah. My pile of shame is, is skyrocketing. <laughs> All right, good, Belto. Well, thank you very much again for your time today, mate. I know you're very busy, so take care and uh, all the best with Confrontation Club. Thank you so much and have a beautiful evening. You too, mate. Bye take bye. care. Bye-bye. So yeah, Flavia, thank you very much for coming on to the uh, onto the Confrocast with me today. And um, for anybody who doesn't know like anything about you and where you're from and and you know what your contribution is to the community, would you like to give uh, the community a bit of an insight into uh, all that for us? Of course. Uh, first of all, thank you very much for for having me here. Um, I'm always following uh, and listening to your podcast and the videos on YouTube with, with uh, Greg. And, and I, I really appreciate them. Um, and thank you for your contribution to the community uh, as well. Um, my name is Flavio on online uh, and in the community, I'm also known as uh, Felian. I, uh, how to say, um, represent the confrontation Evo, confrontation Evo in uh, Evo in in Italy. Um, I run the page on on Facebook and and the group, and I've been helping the Italian community. I don't know for the last twelve years, probably ten, twelve. Um, as you probably know, Evo is. Uh, one of the last or latest incarnation of uh, confrontation for uh, for Italy, for Italian community, and <clears throat> which is where I'm from, even if currently I'm based in uh, in London, in the United Kingdom. Um, the Evo is pretty much like the possibly sixth edition of confrontation for for Italian players, uh, although like uh, clearly at the moment it's going some up and downs, and the community has suffered a lot after the kickstarter and uh, failed you know since the tour and so on like like everywhere um what i can say is that um, about evo uh, just to give a bit of context is that we worked on it as a yeah evolution of fifth edition and the fourth edition that followed the 3.5 in uh, all over the world um in the italian community uh, Especially even after the, the death of Rackham was still quite um, healthy. Uh, we had plenty of players and we followed the um, Italian court rules with all the limitations and so on. Um, 
and very often tournaments were the only moment where people were able to to play and to to meet other others so it was quite important for us to keep on having some um, balanced tournaments so that nobody could get you know um, frustrated or or unhappy with it and um, the idea of being able to play any kind of army and and character and unit was was quite paramount as you probably know like in while in 3.0 you pretty much can't play much magic or mystics because spells are very expensive reverse happens in 3.5 where you've got a if you don't play mystics you don't win and hence why like usually armies like lions acheron and so on they are very very powerful and others like devourers or um, uh, i don't know drones are usually not performing well and and such like the idea started with first fourth edition uh, to which i didn't contribute almost anything uh, was um, starting to rebalance the game with new uh, balancing rules or restrictions and changing the cost of the various profiles and then like through several iterations we, we went to through the fifth edition that again is uh, built on on the italian fourth and then the evo that I don't know if it's the sixth or the 5.5 because it, it doesn't diverge that much. And given how much effort we, we put into it, we, we decided to also uh, translate it in English so that uh, anyone could, could benefit of it. And we ambitiously tried to make a, to recreate an international community at the time um, where um, everybody could, uh, could join from all over the world. That's why uh, we had even like, somebody that was willing to to take i think it happened to take the evo ruleset to adepticon for for the demos uh, possibly in 2016 or 2017 uh, we had some volunteer from spain that started translating the the rules in spanish um and possibly somebody from france i think although like as you probably know the the french community has got a very very strong um rule set in with their own uh, chord version which uh, it's really interesting as well. I, I am not familiar with it, but um, I remember that also the time when we started doing um, Fifth and Evo, we had some conversation with them and to try to work together. However, the philosophical decision behind the evolution of the rules that were very different, and we couldn't really agree on what it was most important to either limit or, or change. So in the end, we, we were not able to cooperate. But um, yeah, they, they did an amazing work and they keep on keep they keep on keeping the game alive in a fantastic way. Um, right. Yeah. No, pl no, please. Yeah. No, no, I was going to say, like, I was going to say, that's, that's really good to hear. I, I'm not really familiar with all these other variants, uh, to be quite honest with you. And that's why I, I brought you on, Flavio, too, so that you can talk about you know how different Evo is from the core 3.0 rules that we find in a big black big black so, book. I would say is the, the core the core of the game is is the same. Uh, if you know the rules of three or 3.5, it's not too hard to to pick up the Evo rule set. Um, I would say one of the main changes that we applied is that are possibly the wound system is not not the same. It, in order to make it more approachable for new players, we remove the wound level, you know, light, medium, uh, um, severe, I, I can't remember, the critical wounds and so on. Yeah. Yeah. And we changed it with uh, with regular numbers. 
Um, so the system of stacking is, is a bit lost, which was an interesting feature from uh, um, confrontation. However, uh, this also allowed us to go above the, let's say, killing somebody with just four wounds. So some targets can have five, six, even seven in certain cases. Um, we changed a bit the line of sight rules and the rules, I think, for, for charge, but it's just to uh, reduce the, how much you can, let's say, not cheat, but uh, um, it, it's like, yeah, to, to make it a bit uh, um, uh, more like sportive, uh, like it's more friendly, let's say. User-friendly um, or, yeah. Game yeah, game. exactly. Like take, yeah. avoid people like misbehaving. Yeah, most of the rules like um, of fourth, fifth, and evil edition were kind of based on the fact that I don't know if it culturally or or, uh, or or what, but Italian players are very good at breaking the game without breaking the rules. <laughs> and yeah. as such, like in order, as I said, to avoid frustration in in people at tournaments where you you tend to see very, at least armies that are very push to the limit and um, you have to apply these kind of uh, measures to contain uh, um, misbehaviors let's say in order not to frustrate everyone not to spoil the the events and uh, as we see it tournament should be like an, an opportunity for being married together seeing friends and and, and party with you know mm. a, bo a board game a tabletop board game and not being like ultra competitive and nasty mm. Good. That's good to hear. And yeah, so most of the rules are like for balancing, basically, and for avoid uh, excessive things. For example, um, you can't in, in evil you can't go above uh, a certain strength threshold, like fifteen, unless it's already printed on the card. And the bonuses you can provide with spells or mutagen or um, miracles or um, I don't know factions rules st uh, don't stack. So you can go only up to certain values in order to avoid, like, uh, I don't know, miniature with uh, strength 30 or, uh, or or things like this that become, like, impossible to, to stop killing machines. Mm. Um, we made it easier to uh, neutralize spells and miracles. Um, according to the basic rule, you need to be close to the target, if I remember correctly, uh, to, to stop it. Instead, uh, no, sorry, close to the spellcaster, not close to the target. Uh, we instead change it that you can either be close to the target or the spellcaster. So it doubles your chances of being able to, to neutralize a spell or absorb or contrast, whichever it is. And likewise for, for faith. Um, what else did we change? Well, a general rebalance of all the miniature costs so that uh, um, if something was, uh, let's say, too cheap for its uh, effectiveness on the field or uh, too expensive, uh, they've been yeah, re recosted. Can you say recosted? Re reassessed. Mm -hmm. um, some miniatures that were impossible to make effective have been given uh, some new effect. For example, like uh, uh, the Griffin Duelists, they, they are, uh, th there is nothing, you can't, either you make them let's say, not, not free, but either you, you reduce their costs so much that become unfair, or 
or they can't be really effective. So we decided to give them some special abilities so to make them a bit more interesting. Although right now I can't remember which one it was. Um, and then uh, we, we created the new faction for the armies that didn't have one, like Ophidians, like Defati, uh, uh, for example. Of course, also the factions have been uh, rebalanced or changed in order to make them more uh, either weaker or stronger, depending on, on the needs. Uh, you had some, some armies like, I think, the uh, Wolfens, where pretty much you were always using the Red Oak or the Opal because they were so good that the others made no sense to be used. Now everything is a bit more, I think, um, balanced so that you can pick whatever you want. Mm. Um, yeah, I think these are the main things. As I said, pretty much the rules are the same. Uh, some stuff has been a bit updated. Some abilities slightly changed. For example, um, Fierce, you know, that is the one that you don't die at the, until the end of the turn. We made it a bit weaker so that you don't die until the end of the phase um, instead of until the end of the turn, because some armies like the Druans are... Uh, able to field a lot of fierce fighters and that can cause a bit of issues um we are okay you another important one that i was forgetting actually uh double six is not a kill out right anymore uh, we we decided to reduce the impact of luck on the death roll so double six always inflicts at least two wounds it can inflict more uh, based on the table like can go up to, to seven, I think. Um, however, if, for example, if you've got a, a Goblin Marauder, a double six will not kill, a, I don't know, a, an Aberration uh, or a Warg. It will just inflict uh, some wounds. Mm -hmm. Likewise, uh, we, um, the rolling a one is not anymore an automatic failure. Um, it, if you roll a one, basically you re-roll again, and the new die, the new die result gets subtracted from the stat you are you are using uh, for the test. So, for example, if you've got uh, attack four, you roll a one, then re-roll again, you get uh, you get a two. Uh, two gets subtracted from the four, so your test result is a two. Okay, that's interesting. All right. Of course, if you if the total goes to uh, zero. Or, or less uh, is a failure. And if I remember correctly, if you roll like a one and followed by a six is automatic failure in that case. So the, the automatic failure chance stands. And this was done, as I said, because the, according to, to our perception, uh, luck shouldn't completely destroy your strategy if you're a good player. It, it shouldn't be that, uh, let's say, uh, uh, an, a bad player or an experienced player uh, should be able to win just based on, on pure luck against like a, a veteran, if it makes sense. I, I understand. Yeah, okay. That's all right. I suppose, yeah. I mean, I quite like the uh, exploding sixes and I like the ones failing. I mean, it just, exploding it, it just six depends. Are still there. Yeah, it just depends on the person, I, I guess, and and, and um, depends how, how far and how willing they're um they're willing to compromise on on those kind of changes of course so, of course yeah that sounds very interesting so it sounds like to me it sounds quite a big deviation from the original rules for me personally uh, but possibly I, I would say the, the basic rules are, are the same so like if you can play 
as I said, 3.0, uh, it will not be difficult to pick up the game. You, you probably mm. will not even really need to, to read the rules if somebody explained them to you. Mm-hmm. Um, however, yes, there are, uh, of course, there are, far- there are changes. It's, uh, it's not the same. Now, is it true that uh, Sans de Tour sent you a cease and desist letter to stop playing Evo? Uh... Uh, no, no, not really like um, a cease and desist. So uh, the idea is that we would they have cooperated with them for creating the rules and there was an idea what they proposed mm-hmm. is that we would uh, evo would have become their uh, let's say legacy rule set for like uh, older versions and they were developing a new rule set that we would have helped with so their intention was for us to to support the game mm-hmm. um for, the, for them uh however basically they, they asked us to yeah stop uh, expanding the EVO community and like instead of support them, stop expanding the game until like, you know, everything was, was set on their side. And, and we were quite happy to, to cooperate with them because like it sounded great. And it was kind of like, you know, the acknowledgement of our effort in supporting the international community beside the Italian one. And, and we were pretty keen. Um, so we were in touch with them, but kind of they, started disappearing and after we lost momentum on our on our side of keeping the game alive and active with updates and you know creating new profiles new abilities and no, not abilities maybe but new rules and so on or rebalancing well it, the team disbanded pretty much then and and we stopped uh, so yeah Mm-hmm. Well, that's, yes, that's kudos to you guys because it puts you guys on the radar for Sansator to actually contact you and say, hey, you know, guys, stop stop playing this game, you know, come and help us and uh, create this legacy rule set. So that's that's pretty impressive. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it, it was cool. Uh, it, we were extremely disappointed, like I think everybody. Um, the It has been another hard blow to the confrontation community and uh, I would say respectability like um, hard to take it seriously after after that now I hope Kai now is able to revive a bit the game and uh, bring it forward with continuum but uh, yeah a um, lot of people were completely gutted by the result of the Kickstarter yeah I think confrontation and Kickstarter should be two words that should not ever go together again <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's this cursed, I think. Um, so, yeah. So, Fabian, let's, let's go back, Flavian. Let's go back mm-hmm. to where you first started in the hobby. Like, how, how did you actually come in contact with miniature tabletop gaming? So, okay. I, I started playing tabletop gaming when I was 14, 15. Uh, I had a classmate of mine, first year of high school, that he was already collecting high elves in uh, Warhammer Fantasy. Fantasy battles and possibly because it was a good uh, good at convincing people. Possibly because I I like that kind of things. I've been always playing, you know, video games or um, like in fantasy and so on. Um, It was pretty easy for for him to drag me into Warhammer Fantasy Battle, where I started collecting Lizardmen. And this was like ninety eight, I think ninety nine probably. And then. 
yeah, going to the you know local board game shop, um, starting to see this amazing miniature from different brand that I didn't know. I remember like Fire Elemental, remember like um, Wolfens, the Familiars, um, all very cool miniatures. And after a few years, like a group of friends, we were like, uh, maybe it's, we should try this game. Like miniatures are stunning and uh, you don't need too many. So let's give it a shot. And I think it was 2000. 2005, something like that, probably. And we, I picked up the, the catalog. Uh, miniatures were fantastic. And so I started to think about, okay, which, which army should I go for? And uh, with friends, we started to kind of split who's doing what. And I, I was like, okay, I'm a bit undecided, but let's go for this. My first pick has been Serum, you know, with the novel. However, I quickly found out that he was alone, so I couldn't really play Ophidians at the time. And, and then I decided to go for the Devourers, um, which were like, you know, big werewolf in crazy armor, so looking super cool. And I think I got like the box with the Marauders, uh, were Marauders? I can't remember how they're called, but yeah, the Fangs and the, um, yeah, maybe, maybe Marauders. And the, um, and Zayren, I think, as a character according to a suggestion of the uh, shopkeeper. Uh, then I don't know if it was actually a, a good suggestion, probably probably it was okay, but um, uh, other characters and other miniatures were definitely more, more interesting, like the Flesh Eaters, the Tyrant, Valerys, the Half-Elf, um, Nemetis, the um, uh, Faithful. So there, there were plenty of beautiful miniatures that I started collecting and, and so on. Right, and have the Devourers been sort of your main faction? Yes, yeah, for, for, for several years, yes. Then uh, when once uh, I, bit by bit, the Ophidians started coming out, so I collected them as well. And then uh, once Cadwallon came out, like I, I instantly fell in love with, with the aesthetic and all the mm. background. Also the tabletop RPG um, really captured me. So yeah, Catwallon has become my let's say second home at that point, and collecting all the various pieces that uh, yeah were beautiful. So uh, I would say possibly Catwallon has become my my that both I would say equally Devourers and Catwallon my main armies. Ophidians because of the very small amount of um, profile miniatures available has always been a complicated army to play. So. Uh, I played it much less. And like um, since the the demise of um, Sans Detour and that kind of thing, have has the Evo community sort of you know got back on its feet and started expanding again, or is it sort of just at the same sort of point as it was before? No, I would say unfortunately, yeah, it's more either the same decline. point or or, or smaller yeah. because um, a lot of people have lost faith in it and. However, in the last few years, thanks to people like Silvano, Kyle, and so on, a bit of uh, faith, how uh, hope has come back. And more players in Italy are, are resuming. I know that they are doing like kind of monthly tournaments or, or a monthly event, I think, in Northern Italy with kind of like 15, 20 players, which is not too bad. Um, 
so yeah it's quite quite nice to to hear they are always a bit the same people but still it's fantastic that they they managed to to find the time and energy and will to, to keep on playing yeah that's wonderful and is there a sort of evo or just a confrontation sort of you know uh, community in the uk where you're living now unfortunately no not that i'm aware of i've not been able to play for for a while um i'm mostly supporting through you know keep trying to keeping alive the facebook group um sharing like interesting stories or uh, um, things like i don't know releases from from silvano for example or kyle or um, um, interesting events like for example i did also i don't know so it, i managed to get hold of a lot of old uh, ravage magazine from french mm. magazines yep and i scanned all the interesting parts uh, which are uh, rich of a lot of very cool stuff uh, these um, the people in the ravage magazine like you know the journalists were in close contact with uh, with rakam at the time mm-hmm. so the content in there are not official per se, but they were like done by friends of Rakan, so they were on regular touch and they could get like informed opinion if something was sensible or not. Um, there was actually one miniature done by Ravage that became official, which was uh, Logren, uh, um, Alan uh, Mercenary Guy. Um, but in all these, uh, these articles, there are some fantastic uh, um, scenarios for for battles like um new new profiles i really like there is a scenario in which there is a, a griffin inquisitor that falls in love with afianna mm. and and there is a battle between griffin and and Césaire, uh, about like the, the the griffin are trying to get this guy back to to the inquisition where the Césaire like fight pretty much for for the couple to to be able to stay together and the, the this inquisitor guy, depending on the outcome, how the battle goes, like during the battle, if somebody dies and so on, changes faction, uh, can fight for one or the other side. Uh, you've got another scenario with the um, a, a rebel goblin pirate like a mutiny uh, that uh, breaks up the um, yeah the pirate crew and like you've got an internal fight. Uh, you, you've got you've got a lot of interesting stories and they 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 are probably very fun to play well i think ravage magazine was the magazine i bought and i think it was the english version of where i found hybrid and that sort of started my whole confrontation confrontation journey from there i think oh really i, I didn't know sure. there was a english version yeah. No, I'm sure they had a, i'm sure ravage had an english version in australia i'm positive of it because i was thinking about the other day what magazine it was, what what title it was, and I, and when you said Ravage, I thought, oh yeah, I remember that because all the painters back then were really hooked on you know getting these Ravage magazines imported in uh, to Australia, and I'm oh, sure I'm sure they're in English. Yeah, it was either that or something else. There's another magazine that followed it, and it was like a hobby magazine it had all different kinds of game systems, and Rackham obviously was one of the most featured ones in there. And um, yeah, and no, I just remember that now. Yeah, so, sounds really good. And like, uh, yeah. yeah, I want uh, now. I'm wondering if there were any interesting content in the English version as well. You know, like new profiles or, or things like that. I, I kind of like entering a spreadsheet the new characters or units that in these I don't know thirty issues I, I collected of um, Ravage Magazine. 
they created and there are like i don't know 40 new miniatures 40 new profiles mm. something like that uh, some some are clones of existing ones but some others are very nice new options that can can be playable there is a whole scenario where the i think it was for c1 but easily convertible to mm. c3 also where the red lioness get captured and uh, basically brainwashed and so you've got like a profile that is evil and corrupted for working for acheron for the undeads and you've got the heroes that need to try to from alan to try to rescue her um, and then if they fail i think or like they win some mission because you've got like a tree structure that depending on the outcome of the battles the, the story changes the plot changes and you've got like a, a certain event happens like she is fused with maybe alderan or melmoth or something like that and they create like a something similar to the great crane the almighty crane like a, mm. another super evil monster mm. really okay cool that's stuff. cool maybe this the magazine i'm thinking about was like a reboot um or a US edition or something like that, because it yeah, it was definitely in English and had all kinds of different game systems. And but I'm, I remember the French ones, the French Ravage Ravage magazines were like very expensive. And you know, they had all this wonderfully painted models in there. It was mainly just a painting magazine, I think, for miniature painters. Sounds great. Yeah. You're an amazing painter. So I'm sure that uh, it was a good source of inspiration for for you. Oh mate, not 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 compared to the the French guys, that just blew my mind. Like, um, I'm really hoping to get Martin. Uh, I just spoke to him on on Messenger today, actually, and he's still wanting to come on at some point uh, to talk to me about his his time with Rackham and um, painting with Vincent uh, there in the studio. I mean, that would be absolutely amazing. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, as a for a painter, anyway, that's my dream come true. Um, to speak to those guys because they just revolution they revolutionize everything i think they changed the whole industry in terms of like what people would thought you know miniature painting was it just turned it on its head i think those two guys so yeah plus the other basically they paint like they are painting like a on canvas but yeah that's right yeah no it's really really good so yeah no it's wonderful um so just a, just a couple of quick fire questions. Mm -hmm. uh, what what is your favorite miniature in your entire collection? Well, that's a difficult one. I, <laughs> would be I would say on one side like because of uh, how good it is and like how cool it looks could it mm -hmm. be the tyrant of Vitees maybe is one of my favorites. Is the tyrant the one with the big um, like a trophy rack on its back? No, that, that's probably Necker is a character. And the Tyrant right. is a very elite fighter, like 76 points. Uh, is a still a big devourer. Uh, he's got a double-edged blade in one end and possibly a head in his other end. Right. Heavily armored, um, totally badass. Uh, otherwise, yeah. it, it, it looks great. Otherwise, uh, I'm thinking about for um, for Waller maybe what I like. Mm -hmm. um, there are some good miniatures there as well. Oh, they've got some amazing miniatures here. I think, like you too, I think, you know, once I saw Cadwell and that was it, I was just like totally swept away with that whole, the imagery, you know, like the artwork. 
um, they had in the books, in in, in the uh, in the magazines, and the scenery, and the models. It was just incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And the quality of the uh, RPG manual is like yeah, so high. Like from the paper quality to the to the print, to the definition of the images is stunning. And I think about it today, like it's more old hammer than anything else because, you know, Gary Chalk's contributions to the artwork. Mm-hmm. And, it, and when I first saw it, it, it really connected me with um, the Warhammer, the first edition Warhammer roleplay books. You know, I, I really felt that sense. It was just very much like that. It was sort of set very similar into that kind of parallel universe with the art, the art direction and that kind of thing. It really gave this sense that the black and white drawings and everything, it, yeah, it just really gave me this feeling that I'm playing Warhammer role play, but in the Cadwell and universe kind of thing. Yeah, and the... I see what you mean. I have the I've not seen it for for some some years, but mm-hmm. I have the first edition of the Warhammer tabletop RPG mm-hmm. um, in Italian, which um, nice, yeah, is literally translate, which is funny. It's literally translated. It's called uh, <laughs> instead of being called Warhammer, basically it's yeah. called uh, Hammers of War, uh-huh. and yeah. which, which is a bit bizarre, <laughs> I would say, but. Uh, <sighs> it's interesting because probably who translated it had not much idea of uh, of the game in in general. Uh, but it, it was an interesting RPG. I played it a few times and had its potential. Then I I know that it's a massive following and mm. had several other editions. But even the first one was was well done. Well, it's one of those things I'm going to tick on my bucket list of actually playing Cadwell and I had the books, I had the mm-hmm. secrets book, I had all the tiles and all the miniatures and everything. And of course, like all that stuff never got played. No, no, no people wanted to play it. So it's one of those things that I hope to get on the table at some point and actually play it and just experience it for myself. I was lucky enough a few until like two years ago, I think, a year or two. Yep. We were playing on Zoom with some friends scattered oh. across the across the world, actually, because the, the game right. master was actually ba- a French guy based in Thailand. Oh, and wow, okay. We had one player in Italy and two in France, and, and we managed to do a good amount of, of games. Then, unfortunately, uh, the game master had um, some life event that took him away from, from the game. Mm. But uh, we had good fun. The rules are a bit intricate, and mm-hmm. not always uh, in- intuitive, but once you you get the the uh, you get it, used to them, yeah, exactly. Once you get used, you get the hang on it. It's mm. it's okay, um, especially because what is nice is that you can play a great variety of characters and like as roles and so on, mm. and you're not bound by classes like in Dungeons and Dragons, for example. You can do a mix of I don't know, a fighter, wizard, um, a spy, uh, inventor, and... <laughs> okay, interesting. It, 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 yeah. It's interesting, that, yeah, definitely. And it, it's literally up to you. You can pretty much create whatever whatever you like. I, I remember I, I was playing a devourer um, that decided to... It, it, I don't know how familiar you are with the lore, but basically at some point in the lore, the devourers move from destiny to darkness. Mm-hmm. And my character was like, no, I don't I don't agree with this decision. So I decided to, to leave and, and go to the free city of Catwallon. And, and basically, like, he was mostly a fighter, but he was also a blacksmith. So he was creating his own 
armaments or his own equipment. Well, that was the long-term plan, but he didn't manage to get to that point. But that was the idea. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, but it sounds really cool, mate. I'm, I'm really glad you got to actually play it. That's great. So you're one of the lucky ones. Uh, second <laughs> question. Have you ever played Ragnarok? I never did that. No, it was... Uh, <laughs> I always find it... Uh, Will I find anybody? <laughs> I know that yeah, there were yeah. people playing it, but I... I now that I think about it, I'm not even sure I ever witnessed somebody playing it, you know, live. Um, definitely, it's a to... myth. It's a myth. I think they just released the box set of, of the rules and everything, and just no one ever played it, as, uh, apart from people in France, maybe. But yeah, it's it's interesting because, yeah. like, even the first, I think the first Cry Havoc magazine they had a big spread on it, like a big battle report, you know, Cry, and mm -hmm. it, I think it featured several times in several of their magazines uh, and you could buy the army sets and all that kind of thing. But I suppose just the investment of time and the money and, and the money, and especially the like uh, the other person to play it with you. Yeah. It just wasn't going to happen. Just thinking about like, I don't know, you play Devourers, probably you don't need yeah. that many That's true. for, for That's true. but still, if you need, let's say 20, I'm inventing flesh eaters. Yeah. Each flesh eater was like 12, 15 euros. So mm -hmm. you, you get easily to, 300 euros for just a single unit it's like that's right yeah it is i don't know since too expensive i, I can see why rakan was trying to do it exactly to make money yeah but myself i was like at the time still either a student or like uh, you know True. freshly out of, of studies with a, a small salary and yeah not at all afford something like that no that's fair enough man and is your collection completely painted or do you have a do you have like what's the ratio like painted to unpainted Oh, damn, I'm terrible on that. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a very bad painter. Um, yeah. Also, I, I, I don't enjoy too much painting. I, I prefer yeah. like playing or collecting and so on. Yep. Uh, so I feel that if I paint my miniatures, I'm basically making them worse than leaving them gray. <laughs> uh, so I have some... Yeah. some I, I was bad since the Warhammer Fantasy Battle Times and plenty of my, my Lizardmen are quite horrible i mean they are colored but they are not good looking so uh i painted some some devourers i painted uh, uh, the succubis i painted some stuff but i would say maybe i've got i don't know 10 percent painted and yeah, okay I'm, I'm very unsatisfied with them so the, the hope is that i don't know one day i will pay for some for them painted by some professional or so but yeah then it never happens well, you can always contact me, mate, if you need any painting services. I'll be more than happy to help you out. Oh, on one side yeah. uh, is amazing. <laughs> on the other side, you are out planet away. So Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's okay, mate. But Flavio, it's been really good to talk to you, and I'm really happy that we've made this connection. And uh, all the best uh, to yourself and the Evo community, and I hope it um, keeps uh, flourishing out there, mate, and I hope, I hope we get more players involved and playing Confrontation. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure uh, having this call. And if you want me back any other time, I will be glad to, to come back. Sure, mate. Thank you very much again. Take care. Have a good Thank night. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Let us leave the languid land of Arklash for but the shortest time. Join us again when the air will be rent with cannon shot and carnage. Don't forget, my friends, for there is always confrontation. Voiceover by Owen Staten. You can find me on the Time Between Times podcast or Spectre of the Sea. If you want to contact me, 
owensteaton at aol.com. Diolch